Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to Upfront. I'm Chloe Morgan. And I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. On today's show, we've got a bumper WSL roundup for you after giant killings, batterings and a lot of injury strappings. The poetry. Just a few weeks ago, it looked like Manchester City were strong contenders for the title. Now they're looking like the favourites to miss out on Champions League football after Liverpool spoil another party. It's looking like Manchester United and Chelsea's fight now. But first of all, there's the small matter of the FA Cup final. We look ahead to Sunday. I mean, Rach, it was a big, big WSL weekend. It was juicy. It was spicy. There were some upsets. There were some spoilers. Um, it was a weekend that I felt the WSL wheat was cut from the chaff. Is that the right saying? Yeah. Ish. Sure. It was. I know what you're getting at. <laughs> Man City fail at the final hurdle. Love it. We saw Chelsea and Man United put, what, 10 goals between them um, past their respective hell, sides yeah. to ensure that they're still in that title race. I mean, how was your weekend? What did you get up to? Where were you? I went to the Brighton-West Ham game. Not the most exciting game. Mm. However, for Brighton, they did a massive leapfrog and they're looking pretty comfortable with, I think it's 16 points now. And unless there's an absolute disaster, I think they're pretty safe. Um, they're only a point behind West Ham which is bonkers because we've not talked about them in the relegation battle. They're not in it, but, you know, they're not far from it either. Um, so, yeah, I was pretty Im- pretty impressed with the way Brighton have gone about their business the last few weeks. So well done to them. Um, and maybe we're kind of, you know, slimming down this this race, this mm. horse race that mm-hmm. we've been discussing. Um, Reading looking more like a lame duck in a horse race. Ooh, OK. Um, they are struggling. But, yeah, as you said, we've got two pulling ahead. They're like a couple of furlongs ahead now, I think. Well, we lost Man City at uh, yeah the um, the the final hurdle, which was uh, it, in a way it was kind of it was coming. I felt like it was coming. It was a big bank holiday weekend. You know, a lot of people were about watching the football. No one was watching Charles get coronated. Um, and yeah, our WSL queens came through. Can I just say for the no. commentators out there this weekend, mm. there have been some fantastic royalty related puns which I really enjoyed. Okay. There have been some other puns, like one of my guys basically said, uh, you know that these, it turns out not all royals will be happy this weekend, given Reading the Royals oh, had lost wow. 5-0. Beautiful. Okay, smart, very Loved smart. that. Um, he also asked if, would the seagulls soar or would West Ham bring the hammer down? Loved it. Oof. That was excellent. And then on Sky, my favourite one was, sometimes it's easy to pick a player of the match. 
sometimes it's harder. Oh, I did hear oh, that. Oh, that was, yeah, yeah. I was like, gold. chef's kiss. Loved Absolute that. gold. Shout out to the comms. <laughs> you've got better, you've improved. Well done. You've become witty, but not as witty as us in our analogies. Um, right, let's get stuck in. Uh, Liverpool, Man City. Liverpool, walking away with the bloody points. 2-1. Um, I mean... It was a little bit shaky at the start. You've got little Faye Kirby in goal. Bless her. She's like nine years old. Um, they've brought her in. I think it's a really good choice actually from Beard to bring her in at this stage in the season. The game, they probably weren't expecting to win. Yes, she's going to make muck up. She's going to make errors. But you need to get those out of your system as a young goalkeeper. And she did have a pretty big initial first error, gifting the ball to Laura Coombs. Not the person that you want to gift the ball to and it go in well, I mean, it was a good Laura Cream shot, but it was, um, yeah, it was a great save as well. So Christ, she kind of, faces on me. She it. redeemed us. I was like, am I saying something no, wrong here? Because it was just a very, um, I didn't know. Like a pantomime. Normally we're on the same page with. What no, we, I was just, I was living the moment, do you know, like was, reliving that kind of as a goalkeeper and that you'd be like, oh, Jesus scary. Christ. Scary. Yeah. Yeah. Not in the first couple of minutes no. as well. Like you want to get settled. You want to do some like good passes out from the back. And that was not one of them. But she mm. did put in a player of the match performance against Chelsea. Yes. During the week. Yes, so, she did. Hats off to her for that. Yes. Well done. But yeah, that, that first moment was a bit like, ooh. Um, but bloody hell, Liverpool love a giant killing, don't they? Ooh, do they? Do they? I think um, it was just such a solid performance from them. I think they gave, they brought the, the, the game to Man City. And I think that was one of the most beautiful things to see. I mean, it was a game they weren't expected to win, but... Beard's always said, we want to be a team that is a disruptor. We want to be the the team that is deciding the WSL title race. And lo and behold, they have. They've they've killed a horse. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> they've put a horse down. <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> oh, God. They've held them back a bit. They've slowed them down. Let's say that. Um, yeah, I've been... I mean, look, their away form has not been good this season. We'll leave that there. Mm-hmm. But they obviously enjoy playing at Prenton Park. I think beating Chelsea on the, the the opening weekend, God, what confidence that must give you. Because mm. you can kind of say to yourself, like, on our day, we could take anyone. Mm. Um, and it makes those top four teams maybe a little bit less scary. Um, you know, not all of their performances have been brilliant. They lost 4-0 to Leicester, you know, drawing with West Ham. I don't think they beat Leicester this season. You know, so it, it's a little bit up and down, needs a little bit of consistency. But for a team that have just been promoted... To do what they have done, I think any team in the bottom half of that table would want Liverpool's season. Yeah, but and now, I mean, obviously myself as a Man United fan, there's, Liverpool's still got a face Man United at the end of the season. I'd be thinking, Uh-oh. Um, that didn't look good. Um, they are giant killers and we are now a giant. So, uh, and are they that, home or away? They are home. <gasps> Liverpool love playing at home. They do like playing at home. So that that feels like squeaky bum time to me. Um, but I think in terms of what Liverpool have now brought this season, I think we're seeing a lot of experience on that, on that, um, the bench and also the starting eleven. I mean, Shanice van der Sanden, such an impactful player. I mean, within minutes, she was already creating chances, opportunities, getting the ball further up the pitch, progressing things. You've got Fahi, you've got Gemma Bonner, um, you know, re-signed this season. And it did feel like there was a touch of that kind of WSL champion winning vibe about them um, and I think it does come from that experience these are not players who are scared to play Giants they've been there they've done it they've got the t-shirt already um, and then you've got also the kind of like the younger generation who have been with the squad you know from the championship days right up into the WSL present moment you've got Missy Bo Kearns you've got Taylor Hines now captain she's um, and she was she was incredible as well so I think um, there's a perfect blend there they're doing things this season that a lot of other mid-table teams aren't doing they are taking out the top fours 
And you also have to factor in that they have suffered quite a few injuries in mm-hmm. this this year. They've had some key players out and they've still managed to do that. Yeah. So, you know, for them to achieve what they've achieved in their kind of first season back up into the WSL, imagine what they're going to be like next season with hopefully a, a fully fit squad. Yeah, and I think it's going to depend a little bit on their recruitment as well. I mm-hmm. do think they need to bolster that because even though you've got these massively experienced players, they are also older players and they will be you know, tailing off a little bit towards the end of their careers. That's why I would say, I mean, that does happen. That's but, a... you know, their energy, the way they pressed Man City, I think we've seen it in the past. If you press Man City, they can look shaky. And the way they maintained that was really impressive. And like, they could have had three or four. Like, you know, I thought... Roebuck looked a little bit shaky in goal. Um, you know, there was one point where she walked out of her box with the bowl in her hands and I think potentially she had just been checked for head injury, so let's put it down to that. But that was interesting. Yeah, and like just I, I love how like no one even kind of like really talked about it. It was just like, is she have we uh, what? isn't that yeah, I think she mm. Yeah. Um that was un- un- unfortunate. Um but you know, credit to her, she pulled off a great save to stop Shanice van der Sand and that could have made it three oh one. Great reaction save. That yeah. Strong left hand. Yeah. So we just maybe get some of those mistakes out of the system, you know, this kind of fanning around the back with the ball and not passing it out thing and like mm-hmm. trying to take on players is a little bit stressful, I'm sure, for Man City players. But yeah, those kind of saves she pulled off just shows what she's capable of. And I'm just thankful that actually she was absolutely fine because when she went down, she was holding her arm and they were strapping up her arm and I was thinking, we can't have another oh. lioness out. We can't do it. Serena must be sitting at home with like a heart monitor, just like, just, oh, 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 it's too much. It was too much for me. Not it with is. Sandy McIver being out as well. We're getting um, to the end of that season and you're just, every time a player goes down, you're like, get up, get, get up. No, like, even seeing Sam Kerr go down in the Chelsea game, I was like, get, get up. Don't. Don't you do it. But also really helpful for the Lionesses. And Ireland, but don't do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Gareth Taylor, uh, disappointing for him, really disappointing. He's aware of the pressure. He said, the nerves are understandable. We can still control the player a little bit better than what we played today. Um, but I just felt like they did not come out. They didn't come out as a team who needed to win that game. They came out at half-mast. It was just um, it flat. It's weird, isn't it? And Gareth Taylor had said quite recently how he still thought there was going to be some like more twists and turns in the title run. And Mm -hmm. I don't think he expected it to be them. And I don't think he expected it to be Liverpool. But here we are. Um, We've talked a little bit, you know, about, and many have, about City going quietly about their business this season. But we've also spoken about the fact that like the performances aren't always there. Like they, Mm. they get over the line, which is important. You know, they have looked shaky at times. Like that game against Brighton keeps coming back into my head or watching them against Aston Villa in both games, particularly the second game where they just struggled for a plan B. And I think maybe that's where they struggle a little bit. And I think the players on the pitch are maybe sometimes papering over some of the areas that they're lacking on tactically on the sideline, perhaps. But, you know, there's only so many times that players can kind of find a plan B. And with, mm-hmm. like with the players you have on that pitch, you should be beating a team like Liverpool. Like, that front three are incredible. Yeah, this is not a team that should be struggling. When you've got Bunny Shaw alone, like, you should not be struggling. Um, yeah, I just don't think it, it... It was... I felt like in January, there was... We saw a kind of resurgence of Man City and now it just seems to have tailed off again. And I think for... Yeah, like, like you said, the quality that they've got, that should not be happening against a side like Liverpool. Like, regardless of how well Liverpool played. But what their what their loss does mean is that Man United are probably going to be in the Champions League for the first ever time. I'm going to pause here just so everyone can appreciate the gravity of that sentence. 
Amazing. I think that did it justice. You're welcome. Um, I could have in- interrupted that, but I didn't. It's not impossible. If Man City go on and score, I think it's about eight or nine goals in their last two games of the season, which they're very highly unlikely to do. And Man do. United score none. And Man United score absolutely zero, which again, highly unlikely to do. Man United have secured European football. I mean, boom. What a weekend. I was sitting on my balcony. I was working. I had a lot to do. I was, the sun was out. It was just, it was beautiful. It was, like glowing. A, it was like a festival, a festival in my mind. Um, Spurs, where were you? It was, gosh. It was a weird game because I was listening to it. And then when I got to my game, trying to watch it as well. And from what, when you're listening to it or seeing like some messages coming through from people and you think, oh, Spurs have had a chance. You messaging me being like, oh God, that was a scary start. Yeah, then you look myself. at the stats and you're like, Man United dominated possession chances, you know, obviously winning 3-0. But Spurs had chances, but equally Spurs didn't play well. And you're like, it's such a convolution thing where you're like, what the hell happened? Um, but I think these are the games where like you're starting to see Man United's credentials when it comes to understanding that like it's not always going to be absolutely perfect you're not going to get absolutely everything right I'm not saying this is necessarily the game to show that but you're in a position now where you're like you're grinding out wins Mm -hmm. kind of regardless you're you know that you can get wins over teams even when it's not pretty that you have the quality to finish games to finish games with the three points rather than maybe just the Mm -hmm. one Um, and I think that's the shift that Man United have needed over the last few seasons to turn them into title contenders is having that mentality to put games to bed regardless of how you're playing. Because you see that against, with like Arsenal or Chelsea, mm-hmm. when they're not playing well, they grind out the results and United are doing that now as well. They just don't look like a team under pressure. They've got to win all of their games. And I didn't get the sense that there were nerves or shakiness or lacking in confidence at all. I mean, I was a little bit worried. We were messing each other on the upfront group chat and um, it was in the first few minutes or so where Bethany England had that chance, rounded the keeper and then Maya Letizier comes in like Batwoman, just slides right across and blocks the shot and I was like, nah, it is not happening for Spurs today. Someone told her Serena was in the audience. Uh, well, that helps, doesn't it? I hear you need defenders. <laughs> May I impress you? <laughs> it does help when the big boss is upstairs watching with a very stern face. Um, yeah, it was just a, it was such a beautiful moment. I think from then, they just seemed to be growing and growing and growing into the game. And I think um, Galton, I mean, I don't understand why she's taken herself out of contention for the World Cup. Because that, if you're putting on a performance like that in front of Serena... She she'll be, she should have been getting a phone call the next day. Yeah, but she's spoken about in the past about how she likes to have to, like some yeah balance exactly and and options and be able to like do football and then come away from football and for it not to be everything and and how she kind of manages her mental health and you know yeah we when we have to respect that and I I fully back players who are able to make that decision um and it's probably quite nice for her to know that everyone would just love to have her in the England team. I think the selfish part of me is that I like, I understand that you've got to do it for your own mental health, but Golton. We need you right now. We need some Goltons, please. Um, oh, nice. But, you know, that, and that probably gives her even more confidence. It's just like, I'm in the form of my life. There's no pressure in terms of like, you know, getting call-ups and stuff like that. She can just enjoy her football and you see what that does to a player on the pitch. God, yeah, it did. It really did. I mean, if you're so good, your, your, your performances are so epic that you're like, no, actually... I don't even need international football right now. I'm just bossing it on a domestic stage. Like, cool, peace. You know, leave me out of this. Like, <laughs> that in itself is like quite, I mean, that's just cool, isn't it? Like, cool. you're saying no She's to the lionesses. Cool. Yeah, that's too much. And her hairdo as well. I mean, the braids, like on point every single... And the tats. And the tats, yeah. She's cool. Oh my God, she's a new icon. 
Like the non-lioness new icon. Yeah. Oh my god, I love everything about Man United. Can you tell? Uh, another person who had a really good gate game, I thought, was um, Nikit Paris. Um, I think she's really come into herself. Really found herself in this Man United squad. Looks like she's absolutely on point. Again, another one who will be very conscious that old Serena's watching in the background. I mean, Serena, she, you, did you did you see it when it, it, the, the camera panned to her and she was there, sort of looking really stern, really kind of like, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You could fit, you might as well just speak the whole of the Man United squad, the ones that are eligible. But I also think, like, in as nice as it is, going, oh yeah, like I can bring them along, they'll probably score some goals. She's like, oh, I need you some defenders. I just need some defenders. Stressing out about that. And um, there's Maya. And there's Maya doing Maya doing amazing things. Well, amazing things. I've got to stop. Jesus. Wow. Sorry. But they're really good, though. No, don't stop. I'm really appreciating them. Okay. Maybe it's, we spent too much time together. Um, but now, I mean, Man United massively still up in and around it. have got to win their games. Uh, they're six points clear at the top. If Chelsea lose one or draw both of their games in hand, it's United's to lose. Um, but I think we've got to touch a little bit briefly on Spurs because what what's going on? What They just don't turn up. I mean... For the squad that they've got, even though they look to be pretty much almost safe, bar Reading getting a ridiculous amount of goals in the last couple of games, they're just about out of the relegation zone. And that, for me, is not the season that we should be seeing Spurs having. We have we say, we say this time and time again, but that was just such a it was just such a flat performance. Yeah, I I don't get it with Spurs. Um, they've got talent, you know, like Mana Iwabuchi doesn't start every game, which I just surprises me mm-hmm. um, and just their defence like they've they've normally traditionally been difficult to break down that's how they got as far as they did last season and this season they seem to really struggle defensively um, and I was looking ac- across the teams that rotate keepers regularly in this league you've got Brighton you've got Reading you've got Spurs um, Everton do it sometimes but like those three have shipped the most goals nearly this this season. That's interesting. And I just wonder, like, I mean, it's not the, the reason, but like, it's just stuff like that where you're, it, it feels like it lacks consistency or, you know, I guess with Rianne gone now as well, who brought in a lot of these players, what happens next season when you, you bring in a new manager? I mean, will it be Vicky Jepsen? I don't know. But mm. um, they're, that, they're not the players they've brought in. If the manager who brought those players in is struggling to get them to sing from the same hymn, hymn sheet, can a new manager do that or will they want to make changes? It's a, it's a weird one because for me, that that lineup, that quality that they have in the team should be doing an awful lot better. Yeah, massively. You've got a lot of internationals in that squad. I think it's going to massively depend on the budget they have. I don't think they've ever really had the the best of budgets but and they've probably spent most of it on Beth England. Literally, like everything has, has gone now. That's probably the equivalent of their about five, six players for them. So... And I mean, Beth England is doing her absolute hardest to pull them up by the bootstraps. Like that is, their goals. That's just not enough. Mm. Like their strategy of get it to Beth England and hope that she does something is just not enough. Because as soon as you take Beth England out of the game, you don't have any more options left. Like I didn't see much in the way of creativity or opportunities like that, that weren't coming from in and around Beth. So you take her off and then you're gone. And I do, I've got to agree. I think it's unusual to have this kind of flip-flopping of goalkeepers every week. And I was listening to the, um, I was watching the game and... Um, it was Chamberlain on uh, on the comms and she was asked the same question about this kind of like the rotation of the goalkeepers and she was saying it doesn't make any sense to me like what you want to see is a consistent person at the back you want to hear a consistent voice you want to know that who you've got how they like to be played out to distribution wise you want to know what they can and can't do what they're capable of how they're going to speak to you and you just don't have that when it's changing 
every single week. And even like as a goal, for, like from a goalkeeping perspective, when I was playing, if I yes, it's maybe makes it more competitive that you don't know who's going to start every week, and it might depend on how well you've done in training. But also, like you need to get into that zone. You need to get into that. I am a number one goalkeeper. Um, it is my shirt to lose. But if you're constantly flip flopping, it it doesn't make any sense to me. But and then yeah, it just goes to show like they've got one of the worst defensive records in in the league. Well, talking of someone who hasn't had any issues defensively this year, really, it's, uh, well, they do now because of the injuries, but Chelsea, I mean, Chelsea, seven goals, seven goals to Everton. Um, I mean, it wasn't a shock that they've won. It was probably a little bit more of a shock that they won in this way. It was even more shocking to hear what Emma Hayes had to say (laughs) after her side one seven nil. You would have anticipated if you'd have just seen the post match uh, conference that her side had just lost seven nil. Um, it was a bizarre little rant. I mean, Rach, what did you make of it? She wasn't happy. Yeah, I, I was, <laughs> it was unusual. Um, you know, the first question to her was about winning seven nil, and she just said how poor they were in the first twenty minutes. Um, which fair enough, they weren't brilliant, but. <sighs> she knows that it's not going to be perfect every time. Like they just about beat Liverpool 2-1 mm. midweek. Um, and there was an awful lot more praise for that game. But yeah, it was interesting. Even the goals, like they were so clinical in the first half. I think it was like five or six shots and five goals. Like, mm. And the goals were beautiful goals. Stunning. They're such nice goals as well. Um, Finesse. You know, I was saying to you uh, before we started recording, maybe she's conscious of the fact that they have an FA Cup final. She doesn't want the team thinking, that was easy, we're awesome in case they are complacent. I don't know. That's the Mm -hmm. only thing I can think of. Like maybe she wants to keep like be firm and be like, no, we still have to be better because we've got an FA Cup final and I still want you guys striving. Nothing but perfection. Exactly. Um, But yeah, it was just, it was a a funny one. And then, you know, even even the Sam Kerr comments, like we all saw Sam Kerr go up, score that goal, land kind of, tweak her ankle slightly, shake it off, carry on, (laughs) go down again, tweak the ankle. The physios come on, manipulating the ankle, all about the ankle. She hobbles off and uh, Emma Hayes is like, no, she's absolutely fine. She just had a dicky tummy before the game. And you're like, what? Mm. <laughs> no, she tweaked her ankle. It's fine. It's fine. We're not going to panic. You know, it's, you can just say like, we've got the likes of Pernilla Harder on the bench. Mm-hmm. You can come on and bang in a brace and score the first touch. Like, no point in taking the risks. We've got lots of games. We've got a final. It's fine. We're just resting her. But no, it's not the foot. It's the it's the dicky tummy. I have heard that you can manipulate an ankle and sort out a stomach bug. Um, well, you do have you know mm. nerves that go from the tummy to the brain and all sorts. Well, you maybe that's know. what it was. All right, so we're not here to judge on the physios at Chelsea. Um, but yeah, Emma Hayes. I mean, she said, "I thought we struggled to get hold of the game. We didn't put pressure on the ball, so we just had to adjust that." And I think. If I'm going to be really super honest, I think the first 15 minutes of the game, Chelsea didn't have a hold on it. And I think there was a stat that came out within the first five minutes and Everton had had possession. They'd had 80% possession, which I don't think has ever happened in any WSL game this season. So I was a little bit surprised. Everton's game plan initially to bring the game to Chelsea seemed to be paying off. Um, they had They were on the front foot, a lot of possession. Uh, committing bodies forward, um, sort of there was open up of space on the right hand side. But at the same time, I think they were also defensively set up well to kind of halt that, you know, the ball over to Sam Kerr and to try and limit the options over to her uh, for, for initially. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, our girl, Wrighton. I mean, God almighty, like I just the season that she's had. But then I think how critical and how important that goal was just to settle those first 15 minute nerves it did look a little bit nervy from Chelsea which is unusual but right and strike I think and the cleanness of the strike and the angle in which she had to bury that ball 
was absolutely bloody beautiful. I mean, the Canary lay off as well and that was their first real chance of the game and then she settles it. And I think that from then on gave Chelsea that confidence to be like, okay, we had a little bit of a wobble, but come on, we're Chelsea. They had a wobble against Liverpool. I'd say everyone looked at that Liverpool game and said, okay, Liverpool pressed forward and scored within the first couple of minutes. You know, that's mm-hmm. got to be our game plan. The difference is they didn't take their chances and you're not going to get many chances against Chelsea. Um, so, you know, Chelsea know now that they can weather that early storm because they didn't do it against Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, like, it was so interesting. Even the comms team were saying like, it's not like Everton did that much wrong. They weren't doing that much wrong. It's just that the goals were so good. And they were missing Jess Park. Yes, massively. Huge, yeah. huge outlet for them. But, you know, when you're looking defensively, it just didn't feel like they'd done loads. None of the goals were really particularly scrappy goals. They were all just really bloody good. Yeah. I mean, you can't help pure talent and class. And it was. They were all just beautifully set up. I think, I, you know, Everton was struggling, I think, on the wings because mm-hmm. the deliveries in. that Chelsea were just committing bodies forward. And also they know how to pick out a pinpoint accurate pass. So they, I think they have this innate ability, especially someone like Ryson, to pick out, you know, a Sam Kerr head, uh, you know, a Peniel Harder, you know, first time shot. And that the layoffs, they're not... These don't just happen by coincidence. The the pace of the ball, the angle of the ball, the the speed of the ball, the kind of like the fact that it doesn't bounce either, so she can get that first time hit. These are all things they work on every single bloody day to get this like perfection. I mean the yeah, Penel's first first touch, first touch, and it she buries it. That was ridiculous. Like, Welcome back. It's not not a. Co- I mean, I know she's played a few minutes already, but bloody hell, like coming on, scoring a first touch, getting a brace and an assist and a player of the match. Mm. She was desperate for that hat trick, and it was great because when Erin Cuthbert scored. Um, the goal, like Pernilla Harder was free on her left mm-hmm. and she didn't pass it. And uh, like people were saying that afterwards, they were like, would you not have set her up? I bet she was raging. And Pernilla Harder's like, I don't care so long as somebody scores. And Erin was like, <laughs> Aaron was like, I think the team, the defenders moved her way because they were like, she's mm-hmm. more likely to score than I am. So Erin just buried it. It was a great, if you can find that interview with Erin Cuthbert and Pernilla Harder afterwards, it was chaos and it was great. Um, but yeah, like great to see her back. Great to see her firing on all cylinders. Uh, for Chelsea they're going to need that ahead of the FA Cup final um, and I just want to mention again Sam Kerr's floating ability yep it's just amazing it's um, we touched on it a couple of pods ago and there she goes and produces just another hovers perfect example I'm pretty yeah. sure Chelsea might actually have scaffolding or some kind of um, the you know the magical ropes that they use in like theatre right. like, you know like in Wicked where they like pull up the witch okay, by, like, right, I'm right, not right. calling Sam Kerr a witch but like it's that kind of like into Kind of I'd have gone like flubber in the boots, but I like where you're going with flubber yours. In the, what the hell is flubber in the boots? Bouncy stuff. Once you jump, it oh, you bounce well, I was like, I was, that sounds easier like to hide. Kind of like Disney movie. It's like flubber in the boot. I've not heard of that. Flubber one. was a Disney movie, I think. But yeah, yeah that it was, it was bouncy me. stuff. Okay. Put on your boots, bounce up higher. But no scaffolding and strings. Like a kangaroo. <laughs> oh yeah, huh? Yeah, <laughs> like a Matilda's kangaroo. You're gonna get so much of this when we do up front, down under, oh, but God, not wait. yet, not yet. Right. Well, we have a massive massive historical weekend uh, coming up. Uh, Manchester United face Chelsea in the FA Cup final this Sunday. It's going to be huge. First time, obviously, Man United making it to the FA Cup final. Uh, It's a sellout, absolute sellout. Um, Skinner said, now they can switch this up. It's a psychological game. Have they got the mentality to see it all the way through for their first FA Cup win against a Chelsea side which have numerous FA Cup trophies behind them. I think this could be where Chelsea have the edge and will probably be what they're leaning on because walking out at Wembley, massive crowd, Chelsea have been there, done that, 
won the game. They've mm. gone to extra time. You know, they've managed those difficult situations. They've lost um, and they've won plenty. And that's going to be a new thing for Man United um, and probably the biggest thing they're going to have to deal with. And it's a really difficult thing to practice, prepare for, you mm. know, like without actually doing it. Um, so that will probably be the decider. And, and I think they've also got that thing hanging over them that they haven't beaten Chelsea you know, and, and they kind of need to just forget about that, which is easier said than done. But I think that's where it's, it's going to come down to is that mentality side of things. Both are going to be up for it, but how they manage the occasion. Um, and I, I also wonder how this game could impact the title race. You know, you've got mm-hmm. both of these teams are going for it. Does the does the winner, does it kick them on to carry on? Or does the loser use that as fuel to push them forward going into the, into the league? And that's why part of me thinks whoever wins the FA Cup the other one will win the league do you know what I mean do you like, reckon I'd quite like I mean I, like I said this last week maybe it's just what I'd like to so see everyone walks away with silverware this year but everyone's a winner it's cool for the league if you've got like your three major domestic trophies won by three different teams you know yeah it's quite exciting Um, but equally you could say you win the FA Cup you got it under your belt everyone's like which one's the best you one go to win the league. well I don't think not that, not that Man United won't care Man United won both but you know I think they just want to get their hands on a trophy, and deservedly so. Well, it is a year of first for them. It's um, the first time they're being seen seriously as WSL contenders, the first time they've made it to an FA Cup final, and the first time they're going to be uh, in the Champions League, bar a ridiculous nine-goal thing from yeah. Man City. So I do feel like this is, a, this is a Man United squad that is very much up for this being one of the most historical years that they've had, and they don't look shaky in these kind of big moments. Yeah, they obviously lost to Chelsea, and I think that was that's going to be in their mind. You know, Chelsea are a very experienced squad. They love winning the FA Cup, but Man United... They're going into this as a slight underdogs. I mean, and also they've got very experienced, they're, you know, they're a very experienced squad. They've got Lionesses in there. They've been in big game they've occasions. Got they, they've, got Lion, they've got Euros winners in that squad. And you've got someone like Mary Earps in goal, who's played at that stadium in front of a sellout crowd. Who's And, and she's a penalty goddess. If this goes down to penalties, and then, oh, but then also... And Katrin Berger, yeah, she's also. I mean, that'd be what. That's that's a match. No, no, no. no. Let's not ask for that because that will mean the game has gone to 120 minutes. We'll be knackered. They'll be knackered. I want to get my money's worth for this for for this final. Okay, I want to be there all day. Although I won't actually be there. I'm actually away, but I'm gutted, absolutely gutted. But I will be watching it uh, on the BBC live from Jamaica. That's where I'll be. Montego Bay. Don't. Jamaica me jealous. Yeah, oh, stop. <sighs> you said I could keep going with them. You told me to keep going. God, I did. Don't I did. feed the beast. And now I regret it. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. 
So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Down the other end of the table, things are really looking very spicy for Reading. Uh, They conceded five goals against Villa this weekend. Rachel Daly put one hand on the WSL golden boot with her 20th goal of the season. She heard us saying we thought Bunny was going to win it. Well, it's inspired her. And I love that about Rach. Um, Always a massive fan of the pod. Has been saying for weeks that she wants to come on. And we just keep saying, Rach, we don't have time. There is too (laughs) much going on in the Champions League, the WSL, the FA Cup. Okay, speak to our agents. We'll get round to you when we can. You can tell everyone out there listening totally believes that. 100%. (laughs) Now, Reading are sitting bottom of the table. Um, They have 11 points. Leicester with a game in hand. They've played 19 and they're on 13 points Tottenham above them have played 20 and they're on 14 points so Reading I mean technically speaking Spurs are now safe unless Reading win and score nine goals nine goals ten goals which I actually can't see happening weirdly enough like I'm going to put my flagpole in the sand here and be a bit bold about this but I don't see that taking place no I think they've scored about 15 and 20 games so I think scoring 10 in a in a game is going to be tricky um I think they're going to be focusing mainly on Leicester yes they basically need Leicester not to win any more games for them to have a chance yes and Leicester have Arsenal West yep. Ham yep I think and Brighton last game of the season Um, Reading have Spurs Chelsea and Chelsea that Spurs game will be big because that's the one they're going to be identifying for points that's going to be huge that's going to be absolutely bloody massive and I think um, obviously depend on how things go with the the Leicester Brighton game at the end of the season as well Uh, I mean Brighton 
have made themselves safe, which is incredible, given that we were only talking about them sort of like flying off the edge of a cliff a couple of weeks back. But every single weekend, something changes, the dynamics of it. And we're just sort of struggling to keep up a little bit with like the points, the goal difference, how it's all going to make sense in the last two weeks of uh, of the season. But I mean, Reading, do you think we're going to see them going down? Do you think this is the final nail in the coffin this weekend? I think it might be because I feel like Leicester only have to get well, the goal difference is similar, actually. But, you know, a point, even two points, and they're safe. Um, Soph was at this game and she just said that it looked like Reading had kind of finally run out of ideas. And mm. what I've loved about Reading all of these seasons is that they are dogged. They have a never-say-die attitude. They're always considered like a tough team to come up against, tough to break down, bodies on the line. Um, you know, and they've they've shown what they can do with probably the lowest budget in the league mm-hmm. and probably one of the smallest squads. Um, and that's what has made them so impressive, their tenacity. And they were like physically and literally at the and mentally at the end of their tether, it felt like. You know, there were so many players in that pitch taped up and bandaged up and it just kind of represented their season, I think. Um and it just feels like, yeah, that maybe it's there's only so much you can do with that kind of budget, that size of squad and fighting that hard every single time. Um, and it's a real shame because I've got a real soft spot for Reading. I really, really like Reading. And I think Kelly Chambers has done a great job with what she's had there for so long. Like mm-hmm. she is Mrs. Reading. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a very, very tough two games for them and a very, very big challenge for them to try and stay up. I was just looking then back at the uh, the 2018-19 season. Reading finished fifth with 27 points. Uh, they were behind uh, Birmingham City. And I think, um, and then also they were above Bristol City. And that pack of three there, has seen, since then, have gone straight down to the championship. And I think like in that season, we're talking five years ago, the budgets across the WSL were not vastly different. But I've got, I've got to say, I think you're completely right that the budgets have completely annihilated these teams. When you look at the kind of signings that have been made at Arsenal, Man City, Chelsea, Man United since this time, everyone's been outclassed. Like you can't compete with signing Beth England for £250,000 for all the good that that's done. Um, but then like you look at then the next season, 2019, Reading again, f- uh, fifth in the league with 21 points. Next season again, they are seventh, 24 points. Next season again, they are eighth with 25 points. So they've always consistently picked up, you know, well into their 20s points and been in and around the mid table. But this season, they've just not, they've not really come out the blocks. Um, yeah, I think this is, this is them done. And they've not been picking up points around the, in, against the teams around them. Mm. And that's been the most disappointing because generally that's what, what has kept them in the league. And like we've seen them in the past. Last season, they beat Chelsea 1-0. Yeah. You know, that's what I mean about their tenacity. They like every so often they've got, got it in them to, to pull off something big like that. Um, and like when they played Man United at the beginning of the season, I think they played Man United at the beginning of last season as well. And, and they were, they weren't they weren't good at the beginning of the season. And when they played them again at home, I think the score ended up maybe being like three one. But the score didn't reflect the match. Like they they had really learned, you know, they really put it to Man United. They made it really difficult for them. And it was a performance to be proud of. And I think where they've struggled then is to take that performance into the next game. And, mm-hmm. you know, we could look at things like lack of games for teams like Reading. We always talk about loading. You also have the problem of teams with not enough games. We're seeing it with the likes of West Ham. It's really hard then to build any kind of consistency or momentum. And that can be difficult as well. Um, So, yeah, I think that's where they've struggled. They've just struggled to build consistency, momentum 
any kind of you know regularity in the way that they play uh, and then just not picking up those vital points in those teams in and around them and it's just really probably been the final nail in the coffin. I think um, the only thing we've got to be mindful of is just Leicester. I mean, if Leicester win one of their games, effectively Reading are out. Mm -hmm. Uh, They play West Ham uh, on Sunday the 21st and then obviously Brighton, uh, last game of the season. And their game in hand is against Chelsea on Wednesday. Let's call that a write-off. I'm not going to put my flagpole in the sand for that. But but it would mean that they're on level games at Reading. Absolutely. And the same points. That is quite the tasty end to the season in that half of the table. Um, but yeah, I mean, now that's become a two-horse race. So the whole weekend has really narrowed down and honed in on the top and the bottom. We've got Man United and Chelsea as WSL title contenders. We've now got the relegation battle pretty much exclusively between Leicester City and Reading. So we've got more teams joining the picnic. Oh my God. Just relaxing in the middle, chilling out a bit. And yes. I think we've actually saw that with Everton. Like Everton looked like a team who were like, Peace. We've done enough. (laughs) We've done enough. Get the sandwiches out. Get the pims. Dobbs are good and we'll see you next season. (laughs) Right. Where will we be this weekend? I mean, I'm going to hazard a guess and say Wembley. Well, I won't be. I'll be on a beach in Jamaica, but I will be watching it. I tell you what, when you asked me that question, my mind went, oh my God, where am I going to be this weekend? <laughs> Let me remind you. I will be at the FA Cup final. I'm very excited for it. Um, and I'm hoping for another post-match Box Park Wembley party. Put your flag in the sand, please. Winners. If it doesn't start with an M, I'm, don't say it. I'm going to say, for shits and giggles, Man United. We gotta go Chelsea for the league, Man United for the cup. Come on! I think Man United got it. When you've got Earps in goal, if you're getting to penalties, it's game over, mate. Bye Hayes, game over. But I also worry about the fact that Penilla Harder's back and, you know, just scored a brace and if her and Sam Kerr are on the pitch. Yeah, but also you've got someone as cool as Galton who's like, yeah, don't even need international football, I'm that sick, so cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah that's what's going to happen Man United are going to walk away with the FA Cup trophy I'm going to come back from Jamaica looking ridiculously bronzed and uh, probably go up to Manchester and do their like pride celebration things in a bus I'm hoping that Man United will put on something like that and we'll just like walk through the streets like shouting Man United's name like can we wrap this now sorry Um, it's, it's almost like you get paid every time you say the word Man United and I'm starting to think it might be true I am on commission Skinner Thank you, mate. Uh, Thanks for listening to today's episode of Upfront. If you've got any questions for us before then, tweet us at Football Ramble. Rach is at Girls on the Ball and I am at Morgie underscore 89. See you next week. Upfront is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.